three, two, one. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Reactiverse podcast brought to you by Passion Fruit. I am joined today by really uh, one of the OGs in the space, uh, someone who's uh, been in the game for quite a while now, <laughs> and I'm uh, happy to have him here today to share all his experience and insight. It is a Chainsaw Reacts. Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being here, man. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, you've been in it for a while and uh, I have been following your work, uh, you know, over the years, particularly when you pop up, you know, here and there in the J2O compilations. I love seeing you. Uh, in there as well uh, but particularly uh, over the last couple of years and over time uh, I've seen you with uh, you know, certain endeavors that impact the community and that I've really kind of admired and those are uh, things that I kind of want to dissect here today um, uh, so I think again thank you for being here <laughs> of course man this is awesome I can't wait yeah uh, yeah so much uh, to go over uh, but as always I want to start from the beginning uh, which is just the start of the channel and the name of it which is Chainsaw Reacts a pretty you know sort of hard name <laughs> right there uh, how did you come up with that name uh, well I created an old channel back in 2009 Chainsaw Gears 12 it was based off my gamer tag Xbox mm -hmm. gamer tag and it was just a random thing and start uploading content regularly around 2012 on that channel uh, reviewing metal music reviewing albums talking just music and I cut the gears 12 out and just went chainsaw because YouTube had this whole uh, new thing come in where you can you keep your URL but you can change your actual profile name right so I just cut the gears 12 out so it's just chainsaw I was gonna quit YouTube in 2014 um, and then I created chainsaw reacts because I reacted to the first teaser for age of Ultron um, back in 2014, it leaked on my birthday, my actual birthday. So, and then they uploaded it officially. Marvel did. I'm like, all right. I didn't have picture in picture, but I reacted. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And it got like 2,000 views. People are like, oh my god, this is cool. And I'm like, hmm. So I'm, I'm gonna create Chainsaw Reacts. I, yeah. <laughs> a couple of days later, after that video, October 25th, I created the channel, and it's been fun. Now, at first, I was like, ah, eh, part time because I'm quitting the other channel. I'll do it part time. That's a lie. <laughs> it's been full time pretty much every day. Mostly I have a video. Right. <laughs> uh, were you familiar with the reaction space at that time? Because it's pretty early on. I think you're kind of what I call uh, sort of like a, way, a first wave reactor in the sense that you were in there from pretty when it was just like sort of trailers and clips and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, I guess in that space, since you were sort of like on the uh, cutting edge of what that space was turning into, uh, what was your sort of insight into it at that time? Uh, I discovered Akasan, who I messaged you about saying, hey, I was watching your episode you did with him. And right. I discovered him and a few others around the summer of that year in 2014. Uh, and that was my first insight into, hey, this is something that people are doing, reacting right. to trailers. So I thought it was really cool. So I'm like, okay. So eventually I tried it out, like I said, for Age of Ultron. And then when I dove into my actual channel, I was doing pretty much what they were doing. Trailer reactions discussions um it definitely was eye-opening to see this new community because i was so used to a very small very niche metal reviewing community on my mm -hmm. old channel so to kind of dive into reactors which there wasn't that many like you were saying like it was you know simple back then there wasn't that many people consistently doing it. there might be people uploading re reactions to like trailers off and on but not really consistent Right. And so I thought, I thought it was interesting to do this, yeah. to try it out. So, uh, I thought it was really fun yeah. at the time, you know, cause it was simple, right? It was very simple, bare bones, basic it definitely has changed now, but it, it definitely opened my eyes to like, Oh, there's okay. Much like there's more I can do with this content versus what I was doing before. Of course, yeah. of course. Um, and you mentioned, yeah, the uh, trailers, clips, stuff like that in the sort of news space, the the mm -hmm. main food groups of, you know, early reactors, yes. so to speak. Um, and you had like a very early on, I noticed that you had a very strong interest in that news aspect of things, like following the uh, updates in the entertainment industry and stuff like that. Um, and stuff that you still kind of carry over to today uh, with your live streams. Mm -hmm. uh, what was your, where did that stem from, I guess, your interest in that sort of space of following the, those updates? Um just like wanting to keep up with stuff that I grew up with, like in terms of like the MCU at the time, because I grew up on Marvel. I grew up on these characters uh, from the 90s shows. So I thought it was fascinating. The fact that oh, we're getting at this Marvel universe and oh, DC's doing some stuff. And so 
I, I think it was interesting for me because it was expanding upon what, because before I was strictly covering just music and metal music. Mm-hmm. So with, with the Chainsaw Reacts, I was able to do whatever I wanted. I could cover movie, TV news, any sort of entertainment, and also talk music as well if I wanted to, but I was mainly primarily just focusing on that side of entertainment movies and TV and stuff. Uh, so it, it helped me expand because I was I was running out of potentially things to say about an album when I reviewed right. an album. I, I just I was like, how many more times can I say something is good or something <laughs> is? Eh. But with right. this and just covering news and trailers and doing those kind of things, it helped me expand more in terms of how I can discuss and talk about things and give my perspective on it. So right, I think right. I think that was very helpful for me because it took me a while to get comfortable in front of the camera. Now I have to do it now in front of talking about something I've never talked about before. Mm-hmm. And then over time it gets easier, but it, it was a struggle, but yeah. I, it took time. Cause you go watch those first couple reactions. I'm very like monotone, kind of <laughs> like not really energetic. Cause, cause it's my first time ever doing something like that right. and just getting used to that in format change. Right. Yeah. With the format change, was there a significant learning curve in terms of like the presentation, but also the technical aspect of getting the videos up? Uh, yeah, because for reviews, it was like I could take my time and not have to really rush. But with trailer reactions, obviously, you want to get it out fast. You mm-hmm. want to be on the like. Obviously, that's been that was been more of a thing now. But back then, it was like, oh, not many reaction channels. You can kind of wait, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely was like making sure I, everything was in sync in terms of the trailer and the audio so that everything's syncing up. Um, but I, I found it actually easier to do than the reviews because reviews, it took me like 10-ish minutes to kind of cover introduction of the band, talking about mm-hmm. the music and then positives, negatives. For this, it was just like, hey, everybody, Chainsaw Reacts, da 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 and then I get into the reaction. Right, so right. <laughs> it was easier in that sense. But like in terms of talking about something new, like a movie franchise, something like that's where it was more of a thing for me. Um, and obviously before when I review music, I, there was no editing. It was just, right. okay, just talking, but this now I have to put the, sometimes I add photos and then start learning to put logos in the actual video itself. When I'm talking about something, um, that, that definitely was interesting. And that would help me in terms of the editing a little yeah. bit was to yeah. learn how to add more stuff to like, to make it seem not just, Oh, you're just staring at me. Right. On screen, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Uh, and you stuck with that kind of work for a good while as the space did itself. Um, and then the landscape eventually changed when like TV show reactions started coming into the game, you know, with things like Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, the Arrowverse mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah. Did you have any sort of personal reservations or like obstacles uh, before you started diving into that material? Yeah, because I actually attempted it um, earlier than I actually really started it. Because you can actually mm-hmm. find some Arrow season four reactions like early on in the season and i was having a lot of difficulties with editing and copyright so i stopped and just went to reviews and just kind of like okay i tried reactions it ain't working and then i eventually found okay the right path in terms of cutting editing because editing is the biggest thing when it comes to tv shows if your editing is not on point you're going to get hit every single time you try to upload a video Mm -hmm. um so that was definitely a major obstacle because i was used to trailers and that was simple but right. then, uh, okay, I have to cut this down. I want to include this whole segment, but I can't because they're going to hit me. So it, it was, it's was it been a learning curve for years, and especially how I actually edited back then for years. Because for Arrowverse specifically, as you mentioned, I watch on TV. I'd watch it on TV. Mm-hmm. So I would have to go to my computer with my footage, wait for an upload of said episode, and then I can go edit. But my software that I still use to this day didn't have it to where I can cut just everything in once. So I have to splice my footage and splice the footage of the actual episode and sync it up. Right, right. It was a pain. I did it for years. <laughs> and then you'll see the transition because where I'm in front of my computer for the last season of Arrow, last couple seasons of Flash, I'm watching through my computer, legally through my cable provider on the website, right. watching it. And so I had picture and picture. That saved so much time. But for years, you could ask my wife if she was here. She'd be saying, <laughs> he would spend two and a half, three hours editing one TV reaction that night and get it up around midnight. And so that was a learning curve, but now it's, it's so much easier to film now. But back then, like that was what I would have to do and try to get up first. I mean, trying to rush, but also make sure it's all in sync. Cause I was very particular about making sure that 
the mouth movements from the TV uh, in terms of like the audio and the mouth movements from the actual episode sync perfectly. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And it was a pain because I tried to include as much as I could. Um, it, yeah. And it definitely was a learning curve as well, because how much time you're spending on a video versus a trailer reaction, which is very simple to do. Mm-hmm. Now I'm spending hours filming and then editing one video. And is it going to be worth it? Right. Is yeah. it actually going to mean something and actually impact the channel and help it most times it did so it was so at the end of the day when i wake up the next morning i'm like oh okay the video's got two three four thousand views okay awesome so those number of hours and losing sleep helped but obviously it wasn't every single time right, um, right. So it fluctuates a little bit yeah yeah it, but that's that's youtube for you but i <laughs> but i i i i glad that time is over i don't have to worry about that anymore in terms of filming like that anymore but it did help my channel because not many people were doing it because it was still yeah. that transitional period where, oh, you have people reacting to TV shows, but not as many. And they're waiting till the next day or a few yeah. days later. I'm right. doing it night of. Yeah. So I was put. Yeah. So I was pushing myself. And I guess some people consider me one of the main Arrowverse reactors because I was putting that passion and work into it. Yeah. And trying to get my content out as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Which became kind of like the standard, I think, for, like yeah. you said, the space now with like a lot of other new channels coming in, like you, the faster, the better, obviously, for most of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you uh, started getting your footing in that space uh, for the TV show reactions on top of like the existing content that you have for trailers and such, uh, did you find any sort of, you know, liberation with that when you're like in, in your creativity of like what you can do for yourself and for the channel? Yeah, because it actually helped me expand upon what I was already doing because I was able to cover and discover new stuff as well. Because, like, the trailer reactions helped me discover new content I've never watched before. Like, oh, there's a trailer for something I've never heard or seen before. Mm-hmm. Let's watch it. Um, or in terms of, like, reacting to Avatar Last Airbender. I've never seen the show until a number of years ago, and I reacted to it for the channel. And same thing for, like, Ben 10 Now, the franchise of the Ben 10 series, like, I've never heard, I heard about it, but I've never seen it. And that's really helped. Um, I think it definitely did because it, it definitely helped reach a new audience because reactions right. to trailers are one thing, but when you're reacting to a TV show currently or something old, it reaches a new audience that maybe had never seen you before or maybe didn't just subscribe before. Uh, but it really was a great way to reach a new audience to do this, these TV shows and to cover stuff like that because I mean, Arrow, Flash, Gotham, those shows back then live, they did so well for me because I guess people consider me like the DC guy, the Arrowverse mm-hmm. guy, and that's fine. I mean, it really helped me reach an audience, and I was really happy about that. And even just reacting to new stuff, like the Percy Jackson series that just finished wrapping up uh, Tuesday, that helped me reach a new audience because I had never read the books. I've, I just saw the trailers for the TV show. And I'm like, okay, I'll check it out. And I, right. Wow. So yeah, YouTube's a weird thing like that, but I'm glad that I'm in this now because there's stuff that I've watched now or seen like movie wise, TV wise, I would never probably would have seen if, if it wasn't for YouTube. Like if I wasn't right. doing this and getting recommendations from people or say, Hey, check out, check this out, check this out. Right. Uh, in that, uh, aspect of like, uh, the recommendation stuff, like kind of engaging with your audience in that uh, manner, um, it's something I think I've sort of noticed about your channel early on, which is that you have an awareness of the space that uh is i think very helpful towards your existence in it in terms of terms of longevity and your interest um particularly with uh your understanding of the people around you and the other creators that are coming into it um as the space evolved and developed uh with other people uh what was your response and kind of your uh approach to like seeing how wide it was getting um it definitely is eye-opening how many people are doing it now and yeah, seeing the growth of people over time, and what really surprised me is, I think, how popular reactions became. Because at a point, it was popular for the people who did it. But to see how many more people can actually jump into the space, do reactions to trailers, movies, TVs, whatever, and they're like helping expand what reactions are, what people consider reactions to be. Uh, I, I'll be honest in terms of, I know this is a Reactiverse podcast, but... I don't support every reactor because I feel like there are people out there that just do this just to get views. They don't actually care about the content they're making. 
Um, and that's something I wanted to make a point about. Like, I don't think everybody is like that. There's, I've met a lot of people who are genuine people who really care about the content they're making, but there are certain people out there who clearly are just doing it for views and clicks because it's easy to do in terms mm -hmm. of trailer reaction. It's very simple to do. And it really is annoying and frustrating that some of these people are out there and they're getting so many views and attention while other people who are genuinely been doing this for a while or have an actual passion for this and to talk movies and TV and they get buried in the algorithm because they don't have a lot of subscribers. And it's, it's mm -hmm. frustrating. Like that's YouTube algorithm is in itself, right? It, mm -hmm. It's really chance, but the growth has been crazy. <laughs> like it <laughs> right. started very small, like you were saying early on and it's grown to something I'd never imagined. Like it, it, I think it's like one of the biggest probably communities on YouTube now is the reacting community in terms of how many people are covering TV shows and movie reaction. Like there's, there's like a, so many channels now dedicated to just movie reactions. Right. A number of years ago, that was not a thing, right? Like it just wasn't a thing people did. Like they just didn't cover movies. Now there's channels dedicated to just that thing. Right. Right. So it's, um, it is eye-opening. I, I think at this point, the react community community is saturated. There's so many people doing it now. It's kind of hard to break out at this point, but people still do. And I think that's a that's a good thing, right? If they deserve it and they earn it and they push themselves. I mean, it's really just down to if you're being genuine in your videos and you're you're putting the effort into your content. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's really the main thing. And yeah, it's a love and hate relationship, but at the end of the day, I have enjoyed the journey and I want to keep pushing myself to discover new things, find new things, be a part of this community and I feel like I've done a couple of different things in terms of being a part of this community that I think has been positive. At least I hope so. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, just like from early on, you know, I, I've seen it just the, uh, uh, ability you've had to reach out to people and to mm -hmm. sort of build those bridges amongst people. Um, I, what was, uh, I guess, where did those ideas start from just the, getting the ambition to reach out to other creators in the space and saying like, Hey, do you want to chat? Do you want to collab on things? Oh yeah. So that was really, me getting invited to a live stream um, years ago by another reactor who I had briefly spoken with. And I met a bunch of reactors there. And that's when I found out about this like group chat on Facebook where it was just a messenger group chat. And that's where a bunch of reactors were. And that's where I met a bunch of people, including John the Knight and a bunch of others that have been around for a while and people that were active back then. A number of people, they're not active anymore. They're gone. And it's mm -hmm. unfortunate because there were some really cool people there that I met. And then that really dives into your whole building the bridges and everything the, the terms of what was called the reactors league back then, right? Because John, the Knight created the Facebook messenger chat and it got to where we were adding too many people. There's too much going on. It's hard. It's impossible to keep up with the chat. So right. I gave out an idea of, okay, well let's create a Facebook group, just us, no fans, just reactors. And I was running it for a number of years um, because John, the Knight kind of took a step back and was not really handling it. He was just kind of like, okay, on ideas Mm -hmm. But we brought in at one point over a hundred different reactors to that group and we created a YouTube channel from it. We were collaborating, doing live streams, podcast, uh, reaction, like dual collabs and all that. And I've done, of course, a number of those on my channel as well. Right. But that, I think that was a special time because back then there was a lot of reactors, but not to like what it is today, but there was a lot of like connection and connectivity back then. I think that really helped elevate us because we were actually in communication with a lot of people that were in the space that were covering the same stuff we were that mm -hmm. were passionate about the stuff we were and i think it was great because not all of us agreed with each other on opinions and everything but we all were un coming under the umbrella if you will of this group to where we're all reactors we're part of this community we're talking about movies and tv and it's it's going to be great and it lasts for a couple of years and it was it was fun you know, yeah. and I think, yeah. it, I think it really helped at the time because that wasn't really a thing. Like it's not even a thing now, really. But back then, like that was like, if you're a reactor, you try to get into the reactors league. Cause it was a cool place for all of us to communicate and chat about upcoming trailers and stuff like that. It was, it was, it was a lot of work, but yeah, but yeah, but that, that was on <laughs> me. Cause I was running it essentially with some other admins, but for everyone else, they were just there to hang out and chat and meet new people. And that's where they also collabed and everything outside of it too, was where they met other people in there. Yeah. yeah. Did, um, did, did the, uh, that ability to chat with one another sort of impact, 
even just the capability of yourself within the space to understand like, hey, how do I deal with this aspect? How do I deal with this problem with the videos? Like, how are you guys uh, experiencing uh, these things? Oh, 100%. Because there were times where we had problem, people would have issue with something or a copyright issue. And that's where we would kind of go and kind of collaborate either there in like a post or actually in a private chat or something like, hey, you can reach out to me if there's a question. I was asked a number of times about, you know, editing like I still get asked today from like other reactors or just content creators who want to dive into reactions. Like, how do you edit a TV show? And I try to give them help. And, and that was, so that was a way for us to actually have a one-on-one -on -one conversation or just a group discussion about something or so. Yeah. Whenever there was YouTube issues or copyright issues, because back then when we were doing Arrowverse stuff, a lot of us were in that group that covered Arrowverse content or some sort of Arrowverse DC content. Warner Brothers would come after us at times and block videos. So we would have discussions about that and trying to find ways to get around it. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, but it was really helpful for that. And just in general, just for us to know when a trailer drops. So we all knew immediately. Okay. Right. Boom. And so that was, so it had its good and bad, but I think it really helped all of us have a better understanding of what's happening in the community is being in that group. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the communal aspect, I think, is so important because I, it's, you know, just the ability to talk with one another and not feel like you're on, on an island, Yes, you know, with like your experiences and what you're going through, the obstacles and such, uh, particularly in your line of work, uh, you know, as because you operate primarily in like the large fandoms of things, Star Wars, comic books, so on, which uh, has gotten a little more tumultuous over time, you know, since in the last decade, since yes. you've been operating the channel. Mm -hmm. um, in that time that since you started to now, I guess, uh, in having sort of very front facing presence in the space, how have things sort of progressed for you and your engagement with that material um, in relation to the fandoms? Yeah, fandom is like a crazy weird thing when it comes to whatever, whether it's a DC, Marvel, Star Wars, especially. It's a fine line. But for me, at the end of the day, for me, my main goal is to just be honest. Like if I'm not interested in something, I'll be upfront about it. If I love something and, and have passion for it, I'm honest about it. If I'm loving something, but I, there's something I have a problem with in a trailer or a TV show, I address it. I don't want to be that person that tries to go with the flow of everyone else or to try to basically cause controversy when there doesn't need to be one. Like, I don't want to be that person. And I feel like that has actually hindered my channel because at times I don't follow the bandwagon of everyone else. Like, I say what's on my mind and maybe mm -hmm. it's too much and people don't support it or they don't and they just unsubscribe or they don't want to subscribe because I'm not what they think I was going to say or what they think I'm going to do. Um, maybe it's cause I'm too honest, but I think honesty is the most important thing when it comes to these, like just YouTube in general, not even just reacting, but you got to be honest. And for me, if I'm not honest and I'm just going with the flow, jumping on the bandwagon of everyone else, uh, I'd probably be a lot bigger on YouTube than I am, but I don't do yeah. that. You know, if I actually want to cover something and talk about it, I will. But when it comes to, say, uh, Star Wars Bad Batch Season 3. They had dropped a trailer like last week or something or two weeks ago. People are like, are hey, you going to react to it? I'm like, I'm not seeing the show. Like, why would I jump on that just to cover it? Like, I don't know. Or why don't you cover this? Why don't you talk about this? Because I didn't want to. Mm -hmm. Like, it just is what it is. Like, I, first of all, how do I find the time to cover said thing? Because <laughs> I'm doing right. so much other stuff weekly and then everything else dropping throughout a week that's not planned or prepared for. How do I manage all of it? So... Yeah, so fandom's a thing to where I I understand the positives and negatives and know that when I say something that may be controversial, that it's going to cause issues in the comments. I, I've dealt with plenty of negativity. I mean, I literally had one major video on my old reviewing channel where I got death threats. And mm -hmm. I think I still get negative comments on that video because I didn't like an album that everyone else praised and loved. But I was being honest. So I've already, so I've already kind of seen that negative side of YouTube, but it helped me prepare for this because now with me covering more topics and more things, there is the potential of more backlash right. and people not agreeing. Like literally I've deleted, I think three or four reactions due to death threats that mm -hmm. are, the videos are gone now and it is what it is, but that's, you have to have thick skin, but that, but that, how do I say it? That's basically what you're getting yourself into when you're covering the amount of stuff that I do and others do in this community, 
it's going to happen. Now, if you're covering, now there's certain channels only cover one particular thing like Doctor Who, there's people who only cover Doctor Who content. Mm-hmm. And a, a round of applause, because I've never seen it. I hear it's great, but I don't know. But when you're covering the amount of stuff that a lot of channels do, at some point you're going to run into that negativity where your video is going to hit a certain part of the audience in the fandom right. that disagrees with you, and they're going to come after you hard. Right. And you got to be prepared for that. Um, but I overall, I've gotten a lot of positivity. Not to just make it all negative and stuff, but <laughs> I have. It's just I know that at any point I could say something that people are going to misconstrued or take out of context or whatever, and then it's going to be a field day. So, <laughs> yeah. but I have to be honest at the end of the day. Like that's just yeah. my main thing, right? So, um, and then I think I think I mean that's all true, and I think a lot of that got impacted uh, primarily over the last few years, you know, due to the pandemic. And I think yes. a lot of people being sort of shut in with like their their own thoughts and like mm-hmm. who they were being exposed to online. Um, I guess what what was your pandemic experience like, uh, sort of on a personal basis, but in in tangent with the channel and how you're operating that? Um, personally, I I was able to keep my job due to we were able to work from home, so that was mm-hmm. good at the time. Um, it was eye opening. Because my wife, who is a medical assistant, she works at doctor's offices and everything, and she, um, it definitely impacted her differently, because she actually had to go into physically work dealing with potential COVID issues, uh, and it was a lot, but um, we managed. We were actually able to not have COVID until like a year or so after it hit, so we were, I'm surprised, based on the fact she has to physically go to work and deal with COVID patients, right. but in terms of the channel... Um, it, it didn't really affect it. I mean, I had more time because I was able to work from home. So it changed things like that, but yeah. it didn't really impact too much because I was still making the content that I was. And if I had more time, I'd probably record more or whatever, but it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely an interesting time, but like t- the channel didn't, to me, didn't change too much. Right. Um, I, I just had more time afterwards yeah. so yeah well yeah i think i asked because uh, i think the one thing that i noticed uh, over the pandemic was the uh, boom in the capabilities people had for live streaming yes. uh, everyone got a lot more tools to like mm-hmm. make that easier for them obviously so people could connect with, the, with one another on an easier level um and you had been streaming for years before that you know doing different shows and trying things out mm-hmm. but i think over the last couple of years you sort of really sort of honed in on the format that you for yourself that really works um particularly with obviously the council creators and stuff like that first i want to ask how do you compare the live streaming experience to the pre-recorded experience that had been a part of the traditional reaction videos you've done for a while? Um, well, pre-recorded, I think it's like, it's like where you can kind of edit yourself or cut something out. Um, live streaming, obviously you're there live in the moment. And I have live reacted to some things, but not really. It's mostly just been like discussions or Q and A's and everything. But I think live in general is just, I think it's better engaging in terms of you're actually in the moment talking with somebody in the chat versus post video uploaded and then responding to a comment or whatever. And I, and I like the balance of both where, okay, I can film this on my own time, like a weekly TV show. And then when I upload it, like it's probably been days ago when I watched it, but the video's up now and then seeing all the feedback from people and seeing that, response but then if i'm live discussing said thing then we can have in the moment conversations live and all that i i think they both have their positives and negatives right but i i love i love both and before obviously now with what with i'm doing with council creators the live streams were just q a's and just chatting mm-hmm. with people and that was fun because i got to interact with my my community that really um supported my videos supported me so it was really good to have actual conversations to make them feel like they're more engaged with me because a lot of times back then I didn't comment too much responding to people. Um, so those live streams really did help. I think with right. that, because I wasn't really, because times I'd upload videos and just kind of forget to check. Right. Yeah. yeah. But now it's like, it's so simple to go to YouTube studio on your phone and you can just readily read your comments on videos immediately and respond back versus back then it was harder to do. Yeah. Or yeah. not as the, easy to do. Right, right. The tools uh, have definitely changed yes, <laughs> over they, time. Yes, they've definitely but... improved and helped. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and obviously, I, I brought up, you know, Council of Creators, which I think is one of, like, your biggest accomplishments with, with the channel and the space itself. Um, yeah, tell me how that came to be. 
Uh, so I was randomly doing live streams around August, around Tuesday, Wednesdays each week. And I did a couple and I reached out to the two people who were kind of regulars there each week, kind of just hanging out and chatting and I would bring some people in. And I reached out to them, uh, three dubs who came up with the name and Joy Padgett going, hey, wh what about if we make this a show? And I put quotes because I didn't want to call it a show at that time. I was like, what if we gave a name to this thing and did it weekly and just test it? Let's see if it right. works. So um, three dubs threw out a couple names, including Council Creators. He's like, ah, we'll find a name. We'll find something like that. In the, but it stuck mm -hmm. for two reasons. Number one, um, it. Council of Creators. It, it's not referring to reactors reacting. It's creators like anybody, like any sort of content creator can come on. And that's what I've been pushing for. And we've succeeded a little bit with that. The second thing is um, the fact that my name is not in it. I'm hosting it. It's on my channel, but my name is not a part of the name. Oh, right. dogs. <laughs> dogs can you hear the dogs yeah they, they, they want to be on the, in the they, they want to be on council too they're like can we be on council can we we want to be there man oh my gosh dogs um so that was that was good for me we've done now we've now done as recording this 21 episodes mm -hmm. and so that's been a huge accomplishment we've had now close to 70 different content creators right on council like that's insane we've had that many different people uh but it really started off like that and yep. eventually I called it a show after episode 10 because we had Robert Meyer Burnett show up for a few minutes his, mm. uh his internet and power crapped out. But the fact we got a big name guest on who just popped up, I'm like, okay, we're going to call this a show now. We're going right. to do this. It's going to be fun. And it's been great. And like you said, it's one of the biggest compliments. I agree. To me, I think it's one of the best things I've done. Maybe not view wise. But for me, as someone who's been around for so long, as you pointed out, it's right. 10 years this year, huh, <laughs> that this is something that you don't see anybody else really doing. Like you see other live shows that do live, like they have a regular host, they have a guest on, but who else is really doing live shows with 10, 11, 12, 13 different guests each week? And mostly when you look, there's new people and different people on every, every week. Right, right. No one's really doing this. And so I guess it's, a, a blueprint if you will of like how to do this the foundation or the start or something because this could easily crash and fail and that's why it was a test to see could this work because when we were doing those random streams it was me and three or four other people mm -hmm. now we're literally at times it's me and eight other people at once and mm -hmm. like literally last night we had it was me and 13 other people on and we're switching people in and out as we're going on and Having and that and think that's kind of a pre like what's the right word not precursor but basically what what Reactors League was for the group where we had people interacting and collabing like literally I've been bringing people together who've never met before but now they're meeting through the show they're meeting because they're there hanging out and they're meeting new people all the time and I think that's the coolest thing is to my audience to meet new people and for the actual people in the show to actually meet new people as well right. And I think that's the best part about it is yeah. that I'm able to kind of go, hey, you're a content creator. This person you've never heard of before maybe is a content creator. Now you've met. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think that's it's, great. I think that's yeah. awesome. And I don't know. We'll see where it goes. But <laughs> it's been a crazy ride so far. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's uh, to me, obviously, in, in this channel that we're doing here is uh, part that synergy is part of the, the biggest impact. I think that we strive for, um, you know, on our channel here, we have our other show, um, Crossing the Streams, where we talk about certain subjects, uh, but we only do this once a month and it's a pre-recorded. Um, so I think it is in the vein of like your show, but like you are taking such huge swings with it, being live, doing it every week. It is a lot to manage. Yes. And I think you've done a really great job with it so far. Like you said, like as it expands, having so many people on, mm -hmm. um, I think it is a great part of, like you said, introducing people to one another. And just bridging the gaps yeah. between the people in the space. And so we kind of build that connectivity. And uh, for you, uh, do you have any sort of uh, uh, idea of how expansive you want it to get now that you have some traction with it? Or do you have any sort of plans for it or like, you know, new sort of uh, horizons you're aiming for? Well, I mean, in terms of like discussing, make sure reactions or reactors or whatever react was not in the name mm -hmm. is to build out with more potential content creators. Like last night, um, episode 21, we had a guy called caffeine man and he solely reviews caffeinated and energy drinks. <laughs> and he was on cause it's con it's council creators. It's not council right. of reviewers, council of reactors, council of movie reviewers. 
It's Council of Creators. So the next week, February 7th, we're going to have someone who's from TikTok with over 100,000 followers who's on Book Talk, who just talks strictly books. Like that's Mm -hmm. her passion. Mm -hmm. That's her content. She does YouTube as well, but that's interesting to me. Like I don't want Council of Creators to just be just movies and TV all the time because that's what it has been. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've been expanding out like that, trying to find people outside of YouTube because Council of Creators is not like just YouTube content creators. Like I want people that maybe make content for TikTok, maybe Instagram, potentially. I don't know. Because TikTok is where I'm really finding a lot of other potential creators that I think would be interesting to come on. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much like one of the biggest things is to expand the variety of people and also what kind of content they make. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's a good test to see, okay, we can have a bunch of movie reviewers in here talking about movies for three hours. But what if we throw in Caffeine Man as a test? Okay, he reviews just drinks. He reviews mm-hmm. caffeine-type products. How is that going to gel? And he hung out for around three hours, and we talked about caffeine stuff up front because I wanted to ask him about some – and then thankfully other people in, in the stream who were also there had questions too. Mm-hmm. So that was a good test. But I, you know, not everything's going to work, but I think that worked in terms of a new topic of discussion. Right. Um, in terms of other goals, I mean, my main thing is to try to just bring on as many content creators. And the fact is, I don't care how big or small they are. Mm-hmm. I've literally had content creators on who have less than 100 subs. But I don't care because I see that they're passionate and they're putting the work into their videos. And I reach out and go, hey, you want to come on? And they're, they want to come on and hang out. And I know that they're not doing it as an alternative motive to try to get in front of a bigger audience. Like They're doing it because they want to actually hang out and chat. Right, right. Yeah. And I, so I'm giving people that opportunity. Uh, and I want everybody to come on. Yeah, I want Akasan to come on at some point. I want potentially blind wave people to come on at some point. I mean, I've reached out to a lot of people that still have yet to come on due to scheduling or anything, but it's been exciting and I don't know where it could go, but as long as I'm here, I'm going to keep doing it because I don't see a reason to stop it. Right. Yeah. And, um, and I guess what, what for you personally, I guess what has been the most tangible sort of impact for yourself, uh, managing that um over the last you know couple years and like what ha- that has impacted your work with like say the reactions and just like the the balance of work that you've had um it really my, my main thing is to try to find the balance of time spent on youtube and when i do something because i could easily spend more time doing this and trying mm-hmm. to do more but is it really benefiting me or i'm just trying to push myself to just keep doing something because I have a wife, you know, and we want to start a family at some point. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's really about finding that balance between, okay, I spend a lot of time doing this anyways. Do I want to keep doing, spending more of it? Like, do I really want to do that to myself? Like, is that going to help me or impact me? Cause this has definitely changed my whole mindset in terms of how I handle day to day stuff. Like I literally right. try to schedule my stuff around, okay, I have content I have to do. Like I bet my wife would go, you don't have to do it. I'm like, I know, but I kind of have to because I've set myself up to be doing this as much as I have been. Yeah. So it has been impactful in that sense. You could see it as a positive or negative depending on how you approach it. But I love what I do and maybe I've spent too much time doing it over the years, but I've been doing it for so long. It's just like, it's a second nature to me. Like I, it feels weird if I don't cover something. Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that work-life balance is like, is very important. It's something yes. I always kind of advocate for people to, you know, manage for themselves uh, very in a healthy, healthy way. Uh, and for you, you know, this past year, you made the uh, uh, update on the channel that you would be sort of slowing things down just from the sort of like rampant sort of coverage that you had before to like manage again, that, that, that balance. Yeah. Um, and how, I guess, how has that been for you sort of like trying to, like you said, dial it back so you can be aware of like, you know, what's important in your life, what's important in relation to the work and like just the way you sort of like manage those expectations for yourself. Yeah. So I think it has helped me. And obviously I'm not, I mean, I still do it pretty frequently, but there's been more times where I don't have anything or if I have shorts going up, it takes very little time to pull a short from Mm -hmm. a reaction and just upload a short, um, which has definitely changed the game for YouTube is YouTube shorts, but it definitely has helped managing because like, I'm still searching for a job at this point and I'm hoping to hear any moment for a phone call from interviews I've done, but I've, I definitely have more time where I can be doing stuff right now. And I have at times been using that time to film more and do things, but I've also been using that time to relax and not right. worry about this. Good. 
So it's it's definitely been interesting. There are obviously days I'm doing what I said I wasn't going to do where I'm filming a lot, but I have the time to do it now. But it really is like, am I up for it? Do I have the energy? Am I prepared to do this amount of filming? Because there's days I wake up and I'm like, I don't want to do this. But there's a TV show that's airing that night or whatever, and I have to cover it. But you got to push yourself through it, you know. And yeah, I I definitely have been appreciative more of it. And my wife definitely has been as well, like because yeah. <laughs> I try to make sure to have most of my stuff done when she gets home from work, so I don't so she's not having to worry about what I'm doing uh, or like okay he's filming or whatever blah blah blah. So that's been pretty good, but you know it's kind of hard to cut back at right. times, but you have to do it for yourself or at least cause you're going to burn yourself out. Cause mm -hmm. people have asked me to, um, when I do random Q and A's like, so when are you going to quit? Like, are you going to burn yourself out? Or are you naturally going to just take, just be done? I don't know <laughs> because right. I feel like there is no real right time or easy way to quit after I've been doing this for so long. <laughs> like when is the right time? Well, how about this time? Well, something's actually coming up TV-wise or a movie's coming out. There's trailers coming, so I need to cover that. Yeah. And I don't want to be that person that quits on a Friday and then on a Monday a trailer drops for something that I really want to cover and I'm and I'm back to doing it again. Yeah. But that's not fair to the audience, it's not fair to me. Yeah, it's it's, it's tough. I mean, I I totally understand what you're saying is like, you know, obviously uh over the last few months there's been the sort of air of discussion of leaving youtube and like leaving the content creation in general from like certain big creators uh doing so um i, I talked to Aquason about it he even said you know like you know he's he's contemplated you know recently like you know throwing it like you know calling it in and you know riding off to the sunset uh just based on like what you said it's just the work-life balance now he's married as well so just it's those priorities you have to kind of like you know think about yeah. um but you also make a great point is that, that uh, in this space, I think there's such a there is such a genuine passion for people like yourself and for others where like you're just really excited to share your passion with others. And so that isn't necessarily going to end because there's always going to be something on the horizon that you can look forward to and that you can like connect people about. Yeah. And for yourself, I think like in the council creator is such a great idea because I think, think that sort of expands the possibility of that is to share with people on a very sort of personal level that interest and like passion for for things um and so i i think that's a, such a uh in that self in in that way the bridges that you're building with council creators can help people sort of manage like the possibility of like am i going to call it a day for myself or am i yeah. going to stick around because i have that connection with people that i can like look forward to that's not just an audience but it's actual sort of like my peers in a way mm -hmm. i mean and that's that's 100 true because when is the right time when is it mm -hmm. Like what's, what's the best option for yourself? Like I've always jokingly said at points, like I'm going to die editing a video. I'm going to die in a reaction. Like, it's just going to happen because I don't know how I'm going to be able to quit unless it's something out of my control or something major happens in my life that I need to do that. I can't do this anymore. Like, like just kind of get personal for a second. My grandfather who basically was my actual dad in a sense, the way he raised me and everything, he passed away last year, the day before my birthday. And we knew it was coming and I'm looking at a photo of me and him here and that changed a lot for me because I can no longer contact him and ask him questions about whatever, or just get to hear his voice. He was such a huge impact for me. I mean, I literally legally changed my last name because of him. Mm -hmm. And so it changed my whole perspective because I'm like, like, how do I, how do I continue? Like, and I still did. Cause I, I guess because I knew he was going to pass, it was going to happen, but it still hit me. Like now my whole life has changed. Like I'm still here making content. I'm still myself, but I know deep down, I'm not the same person anymore mm -hmm. because of that major life change. But like, I don't know what it would take for me to actually quit unless something major happened to where I know I can't be chainsaw reacts anymore. Mm -hmm. Like that's not me. And it is me. It's an exaggerated version of me, but it's me. Right. My, my wife will tell you, she's like, you're just a kid. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I know. And you know, YouTube has been there through major struggles and I've, I've openly talked about some issues with my community and, you know, 
And I feel like I, I feel like that you know, some people don't, and I get it completely mm-hmm. understand because everyone has their limit and their line of what they don't want to tell people. But since these people have been here for so long and have been supporting me, I feel like at times I need to address to my own extent, not everything, certain things that are happening in my life. Um, because I feel like it's fair and it's honest because I don't want to be like, I'm not telling you nothing and I'm going right. to be gone for a while. Like that's right. not fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just what's best for you and everyone's different. I mean, literally there was, uh, there was a guy I reached out to Logan. He's, he was reacting for a very long time and I reached out about council of creators, him coming on. Cause I'd love to have him on to chat. And he's like, nah, man, I retired. I'm like, respect it. Cause he's like, I'm tired. Right. I'm tired. I've done it for so long. I'm done. And I get it because I felt that same way too many times. And I, Still do. I mean, I literally tweeted like what last week <laughs> that maybe it's coming to an end, but it was in a bad moment. But you know, we all have that thoughts because we're we're so within it, right? Yeah, and, and it feels th- like we can't get out of it. Totally, and uh, I, I think you know this work, this line of work, reactions, and I think content creation in general um, blurs the line of um, work and art. You know, in a, in a very strong way, and I think as you know. Traditionally, as artists, I think a lot of artists, you know, like say your favorite composers, you know, like John Williams and so on, Hayao Miyazaki, like they are still working in very old age just because like that's the art that they're passionate about. So it's yeah. like, kind of hard for them to just like step away from it. I think for this, it's very similar in a way where like you're putting a lot of like passion into it. And that is in a way like an art form because mm-hmm. like it's coming from very deep down within you. And so it's hard to f- see like the sort of end to that because it's it would effectively be sort of an end of your passion. But I also understand the burnout of it. And how hard it can be to keep that up for the sake of like an algorithmic perspective. Exactly. Because yeah. you have to you have to have your best face put forward when you're making right. a video. Because <laughs> if you start a video looking and it's supposed to be like a big trailer and you're just like, hey, everybody. But like, what? What? Uh, what? Right. what happened? Where's Chainsaw? Hey, everybody. Like, where's this dude at? Yeah. So, yeah, sometimes I have to put on that fake face. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, but yeah, I think that's uh, fantastic, though. I mean, thank you so much for sharing that insight, because I think that leads us right into the sort of uh, climax here for the interview, which is um, my final questions, which uh, ties right into like the first one, which I think is important uh, for yourself. What has been the biggest obstacle you faced with the channel over the years? Time. Time has been my biggest obstacle because... I, I wish I had more time, especially when I was working in person before uh, the pandemic, because I wanted to do more stuff. I mean, I, when I was really like passionate, like when I was like, Ooh, I'm getting a lot of attention. I want to push myself. I didn't have the time to do it. Cause I had to go to work for eight hours. Um, but yeah, time has been my major thing. Cause I have more time now at the moment, but what's going to happen when I get a job and what job is that going to be? How long is, how much of the time is that going to take away from me? So time has been my biggest obstacle in terms of finding that balance. Like we mentioned earlier, the balance of YouTube balance of personal life. Like how am I going to manage it? But you you find a way, if you're passionate enough and you care enough about the content you're making, you'll find a time, you'll find a way to make it work. But that's been my biggest obstacle is time. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Uh, And then how would you say you have personally grown uh, over your time, over the time with the channel? I think I've basically discovered more of myself in terms of who I actually am. Like I thought I knew who I was back in high school. Obviously no one really knows who they are back in high school, but I thought I knew who I was. And to an extent that's still me from high school, but I think I've discovered more of what makes me me in terms of what I care about. And obviously it's growing and evolving as we go, because as I'm discovering more content or discovering new things that I love or something that I care about, it definitely has helped me understand who I am. And I think that's ever going to, that's going to be ever evolving too, is discovering more about yourself. And, you know, thankfully in this situation, my wife pretty much knew right away who I was. So she knew (laughs) what she was getting herself into, but you know, it's just, it's, it's basically just making sure you're honest with yourself as well about who right. you really are. Cause I don't want to be, I don't want to be fake. I don't yeah. want to pretend to be something I'm not. Cause I feel like that's just, 
that's just going to make it even more confusing about who you really are as an individual. So that's why I don't try to pretend to be somebody else when I'm in front of a camera and that I'm mm-hmm. somebody off screen. That's not the same person. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and final question here is um, beyond any financial or monetary value. What would you say is the most rewarding aspect of the channel for you? The comments. I would say the comments. I think people's um, discussions and people responding to my particular thoughts and opinions. I think that's like the coolest thing to me mm-hmm. is to see those people that really that really care about something. Like just for example, the Percy Jackson reactions. Seeing those book readers get really passionate in the comments about things that I'm discussing or theorizing, I have no idea. I'm just kind of throwing out spitballing stuff. Right. And they're like really passionate about seeing someone who's never read the books actually like caring about this. And so that that's been really rewarding. I, I love seeing the feedback. Hmm. And obviously that goes to the whole negative thing as well. But I just love seeing the people that are there to support and recognizing people's names who've been here for years that still watch me. And it's been it's been great to see that because that I think that's really helped me at points when I've had my low moments where – I'm just not in the right headspace. I'm just not feeling myself or I'm just not really enjoying doing things to see those people that respond and care that really matters. And whenever I've posted about quitting or not feeling motivated, like that was a recent video too, like not feeling motivated to do this anymore Mm -hmm. and seeing all the positive feedback and people reassuring me that, you know, Hey, we get it, but we love your content. We want to see you keep going that definitely has helped because I because I feel like that that just kind of tells me, okay, I'm doing the right thing. Or at least right. I'm doing something that's people actually care about and they want to see me continue doing it. Mm-hmm. So that that's been good. You know, I feel like that's the biggest thing for me is to see those to see the interaction in the in the comments. And to even go to the council of creators, I feel like that's been rewarding as well because of the actual content creators who are reaching out to me that want to be on and then they send me messages or say after we're off air that they thank me for having, you know, bringing them on and everything because, you know, I'm just doing this as a show and whatever, but they're seeing it as a way of like, thank you for inviting me. It's a, I appreciate it so much and I love being a part of it. And right. that kind of reassures that this is working, that this is something cool that people like. And so I think that's kind of rejuvenated a little bit of me too. Yeah. Absolutely. Is that, but yeah, it's the comments, man, the comments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a great answer. Fantastic yeah. answer. Um, and okay, that's great. I wanted to get into our final questionnaire of the show. Uh, just oh. 10 questions down the line for yourself that we ask everyone. Are they rapid fire uh, or just whatever? Uh, rapid fires. If you have a quick answer, feel free. If you want to kind of expand upon it, feel free as well. I'd okay. love to hear it. Uh, simple questions. Pretty sure. Uh, question one is what is your favorite show? Of all time. Yeah. All time. Ooh, um, <laughs> my God, that's a question. <laughs> See, I purposely avoided it because when you mentioned, when you brought up the dogs, I'm like, I'm going to ask you two questions. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to listen just because I don't want to be spoiled. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say probably overall, probably a tie between three shows that I grew mm-hmm. up on. Batman the Animated Series, X-Men the Animated Series, Spider-Man the Animated Series. Those three mm-hmm. 90s shows. Because uh, yeah. those f- helped form me to who I am. So I always got to give praise to them because if it wasn't for them, I don't know who I'd be today or at least part of me, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a great trifecta. It is. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, second question is, what is your favorite film? Tombstone, surprisingly. You ever heard of it? Tombstone? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, Kurt Russell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that I don't know why because I saw it way too young because <laughs> it's R-rated. <laughs> but it's surprising because I'm not really a Western guy. I don't yeah. like Westerns. But for some reason, that movie hit me and impacted me. And I still quote it and talk about it to this day. My wife hates it, but that, that's like, that probably makes it helps. It elevates it more for me is that she can't stand that movie. Right. So I love the fact that I just keep bringing that up, but yeah, that movie was so impactful for me as uh, too young, but I, I love it. I love the performances, love the story. Uh, it's, it's insane. Cause it's, you would think it'd be something Marvel or DC, but it, no, it's, right. it's, there's a Western movie that of course a lot of people love, but, you would never think it's my favorite movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, next question is, uh, what stresses you out? Um, well, I'll, so I'll give you the YouTube answer since this is mostly reactive or stuff. 
the fact that my content doesn't hit the algorithm and hit the viewers that it could, um, mm -hmm. I get stressed out quite often about that because you can't control it. I mean, you can try your best with like descriptions and everything, but if you're, if my video is not performing well versus others, it does stress me out. Cause I feel like, man, I could be there. I right. could be there. Or also just to just finding the time as we mentioned earlier about time, just finding the time to do something when I know I could do it and mm -hmm. get it done. Um, but yeah, I would say that the just that YouTube stresses me out. It's a love hate relationship. It's a fair answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what helps you relax? My wife. She helps me relax whenever I'm having a bad day, a stressful situation. Um, and I think I calm her down too because she has bad days at work. And I think that's really has helped me. And like it definitely has helped me personally as my wife. And I feel like that definitely carries over to YouTube as well because we've done content together. So that is great. But I love the fact that I can talk with her and have actual conversations and we can actually, and it actually helps both of mm -hmm. us. Yeah, but right. that game changer for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a perfect answer. I, I, I would hope so. Yeah. If she watches this, like honey, yeah. <laughs> I shouted you out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what is a hobby or passion you have outside of TV or film? A hobby outside. Um, well, I, I haven't done it really much recently, but uh, playing guitar. Cause I, mm -hmm. I love okay. music. Like that, that was my, First real, ma obviously, major passion to talk about music um, mm -hmm. on my old channel. And so I'd play guitar from time to time. I played it a lot when I was starting out the channel. Mm -hmm. But I haven't really done it much lately. But I love... Well, I guess another passion is is just listening to music. Like, I love right, discovering yeah. new music and new bands. And yeah. um, going back to songs that I haven't heard in years. And go, oh, that's good. Like, I <laughs> forgot about that. And it's... Yeah. But yeah, music is another major passion of mine in playing guitar. And so I'm really self-taught at times so i'm not great but it's cool to like listen to something and go oh how do i play that and then try to yeah. learn it like it's that makes sense that's yeah. always fun so yeah i can't wait to get yeah. my actual in house so i can actually play guitar again <laughs> <laughs> so i can actually do it you know properly you know right yeah give it a go yeah yeah <laughs> and uh what fictional character uh do you relate to or just care deeply about hmm. i don't relate to him but um uh, bruce wayne batman um right. also peter parker spider-man like i don't relate to them in the sense of like the dead parents or the dead uncle situation obviously but i love how they're both written in their own perspectives and how they handle day-to-day -day life and especially mm -hmm. peter parker who's basically trying to make a living and trying to be the hero but also trying to just have a relationship with his aunt yeah. and hand like handling life and work like that mm -hmm. that balance and so I like how those characters, I, I just, I think a lot of great characters really, you relate to them because of them trying to balance things out and trying to be the best they can be, but yeah. having f flaws, not being right. perfect. I, I think having a character that's perfect is boring because mm -hmm. we, we all have faults and flaws. Like we're not, we're not perfect. Right. And so I like how that's handled by me. Yeah. There's a lot of great characters that I can relate to because of those certain elements that I deal with on a daily basis that they're also dealing with. Like I can relate to that. Like that, right, right. that works for me. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and what is your guilty pleasure show or film? Oh boy. A guilty pleasure. I mean, I guess some people would say the Arrowverse because a lot of people don't like them shows, <laughs> right. but yeah, I, I love them shows, man. Mm -hmm. I, I loved them. I, they had a lot of issues. I've critiqued and point them out. Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess I'd say that. I mean, like yeah. those those shows get a bad rep. I mean, they're still getting crapped on because of the whole Madam Web villain looking like a CW <laughs> villain. Like, right? Like, guys, they've had some great costumes. I get it, but because some are not great, but they've had some good stuff like the Kingdom Superman, the Flash yeah. season nine suit. Oh, it's amazing. But yeah. I get it. But <laughs> I would say that because there are people that just hate those shows, and yeah, I, I get yeah. it. I yeah, I get it. it. But yeah, but uh, yeah, that's, that's a great answer though. I mean, they were, it was around for a while for a reason, you know. <laughs> yeah, they created their whole, they created the whole continuity, you know? Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Uh, and what show or film would you say give your favorite reaction experience on the channel? Mm, oh, that's a good question. It's hard to say one. Um, mm. I would say probably a mix between probably The Flash and. Mm. I think a current show right now is probably the Ben 10 because I've done a lot of freak out moments 
for yeah. Ben 10. Cause I just love, I love that franchise. Cause I heard about it, never really knew about it. And all of a sudden now I'm so ingrained into it. I'm on the third show out of four and the, the continuity they created. And I just love what they're doing with it. I love the storytelling, mm-hmm. love the characters. So I'm, I'm like, I'm freaking out. There's like, literally I freaked out last week. I screamed. I lost my mind over something they did. I'm like, this is insane that this is a kid's show. And I'm a, so right. invested in it. Uh, cause it's good storytelling. Um, but I mean, there's been a couple others, but I would say flash and Ben 10 are like some of the big ones. Maybe Gotham at points had some good moments. Yeah. Um, game of Thrones, some moments as well. Um, yeah, I've covered a lot of variety of shows, so it's kind of hard <laughs> to pinpoint the one, but like you, you can find like, people still, people still reference my flash reaction in season three when Savitar was revealed. Because people say that's like the biggest, craziest reaction I've ever had. Because I was like, oh my God, freaking out. Like, yeah. be like, we knew it was Barry. I'm like, eh, still, it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what's important. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what show or film do you wish you could erase from your memory and react to on camera for the first time? Oh, so a show that I've never, that I never reacted to that I would, that I could react to if I could? Yeah. Wow. That, that. Wow, that question. Holy crap. <laughs> um I would say probably Batman, Spider-Man, X-Men from the 90s cuz people right. recommend those shows and I'm like I've I seen them. <laughs> I grew up on yeah. those shows, guys. I can't. Yeah. I think yeah. that that'd be great because people love those shows. People love them shows. Like they love what those shows did. Yeah. And so I think that would be great to kind of see someone for the first time. And I think there are some people who are reacting to those shows or at least one of them. Mm-hmm. who's never seen them before. And I'm like, that's, that's a journey that that's lucky that you can do that. Um, right. I would yeah. say another one, maybe is breaking bad. A more oh, recent show. Great, Cause yeah. of course. Yeah. Cause I, I, it's so weird. I watched the finale first and then went back and watched the whole show. Cause the, fin- I don't know what happened there. I don't know but what that sometimes it's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so strange. Yeah. But, um, via that, I think that'd be another good one too. Maybe game of Thrones from the beginning. Cause I jumped on yeah. it so late. Oh, right, right. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, there's a number of them. I'm like, oh, that'd be so cool if I could have. Because imagine if I reacted to the death of, spoiler, from season five at the very end. Like, <gasps> all right, they yeah. did that. And <laughs> I wish I could have caught that live because I watched it months after it happened. I already knew spoiler Twitter, but like watching it live in the moment, I wish. <laughs> yeah. Wish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's a lot of people, actually, because a lot of people would jump on Game of Thrones a little later. So I think they wish they could have gotten yeah, the I whole literally binged experience. I think, yeah. you no, know, because I, as season five, the seasons uh, through six had been finished. So I was mm-hmm. like, ru- I was binging through when I had gotten my wisdom teeth pulled out. I had like all this free time. So I'm right. like, Game of Thrones, let's try it out. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. Why did I wait forever? Because I could have started watching it when it first aired, but I didn't. Yeah. So that's, that's my bad. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. how it goes sometimes. Yeah. And uh, the final question we have for this is, what advice would you give to your past self if you can go back in time when you first started the channel? Oh, man. What? Okay. Uh, <laughs> man. First of all, I'd probably be, like, scared. Uh, then I'd probably, <laughs> I'd probably look the same, mostly, <laughs> if I went back in time. And I'd be like, hey, it's me. Like, from what? A couple of years later, what? No, you're not. You look just <laughs> like me. Um. Okay, so I think I would probably tell myself that it's going to be okay. Because, I mean, if you're talking about, like, early on when I first started the channel or, like, around when I was been doing it for a couple of years, mm-hmm. I was I was at a high point because I was like, oh, my God, look at all these views, look at all these new subscribers. Oh, my God, there's so many less people doing it now. It's easier to get content out. And it's easier to get noticed. But it's, when it, but then it starts to change. I feel like I would probably tell, tell myself, hey, look, you're enjoy it now. Maybe find more time to do more of it, but understand it's going to be okay. You're going to mm-hmm. find a balance. You're going to find a better. You're going to find a better balance of how to do it, but also you're gonna you're going to reach a place where you're at least more comfortable doing it, and you're also in a better place personally with you having a wife, someone who actually cares and actually supports what you're doing, but. Cause I was, I feel like I was a different person a number of years ago mm-hmm. in terms of doing this. Cause I didn't have to worry about another person in my life. I just did what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that would be something I would tell my, my past self. It's like, Hey, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to, you're going to deal with this, this, and this, but Hey, it's going to work out. It's going to mm-hmm. be okay. It may not feel like it, but it will be. You just gotta go with the flow. 
Mm-hmm. So I feel like at times I, I tried to go against the flow when things were not going my way and it actually made it worse. Um, and I'll probably also tell myself some personal stuff as well. Like, Hey, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Right. And like, okay, that actually saves a lot of headache and problems. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but I think those things you do that cause problems or cause bumps in the road, help you grow as a person. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have any negativity, any issues, any roadblocks, whatever you want to call it, then you're not growing as an individual. You're kind of, you're, you're kind of stagnant if you're just perfect and you're not having any problems or worries. So I feel like that, you know, so maybe I wouldn't tell myself of myself, everything, maybe, maybe I needed to deal with these things and have these problems to then be who I am today. Right. Makes sense. Yes. I mean, that's fantastic advice is to accept some of the bumps. accept it and understand that it needs to happen because if you don't go through this now you're not going to be who you are later so yeah yeah i think that's a great great way to end end note on uh (laughs) thank you so much man for for coming on uh honestly uh i mean i I was looking forward to it obviously because i've been following cancel creators for a while now just seeing everything you're doing over there and i think you're the perfect guest to have on to share some of that insight for for us with today i would love to have you on man if you want to come on you know that'd be I great think I will. to chat yeah, on i think i will soon yeah yeah <laughs> uh where can we find you online uh anywhere youtube otherwise uh chainsaw reacts pretty much everywhere uh youtube uh instagram tiktok um twitter wherever like anywhere like it's chainsaw reacts everywhere for me I, I try to keep that name across the board as much as possible um good easy <laughs> yeah i mean yeah because i post because people are surprised at times that i that i post as much as i do on tiktok because it's mm-hmm. easier to do than youtube <laughs> right yeah <laughs> and i've actually grown a pretty decent following on tiktok over 30 something thousand followers because of nice. my passion to push and to cover news and cover i mean i cover mostly what i cover on youtube but not in a reaction sense like i just discuss yeah. and talk yeah it's a new so, landscape yeah. yeah, yeah, basically, it help it helps you also just get more comfortable talking about stuff outside of your comfort zone, if you yeah. want to. Yeah, right, right, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, and thank you so much for joining us today. If you're watching this on YouTube, please like, subscribe, all that good stuff. If you find this on the Passion Fruit newsletter, please share that as well. We appreciate any new followers on that, and we will catch you on the next episode.